1: I'm your host, Abstrom joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Johnny Crypto Gonzo, also known as Super G, and Andrew Cashflow, also known as the Cashflow King is in the building. So I'm very excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how Binance and FTX are in a battle for the crypto history books. We expose the game for our listeners, showing how some of the largest players in this market have a clear incentive to centralize. Google Cloud announced it's running a Solana validator node this weekend, while NFT creator Beeple is launching a new 3D immersive project on Seoul. Matic use cases and partnerships are growing by the day, as Disney, Stripe, and JP Morgan have been added to the list, while Elon Musk hints at creating a better PayPal after his purchase of Twitter, while also telling his followers that Bitcoin is centralized. The Federal Reserve completed phase two of its digital dollar test this month, telling the world that blockchain payments improve traditional finance. And our friend, the digital asset investor, often asks, is all the world a stage? That debate just became more interesting as a video has emerged from 1992 with XRP unlocking international access. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, Our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So, Johnny Crypto, I am hyped up this morning, my friend. Not only for the news that we got, but I'm just feeling great. So, I hope you're feeling the same way. How was your weekend, Johnny? And thank you
0: for being here, bro. Abs, I'm feeling great. My weekend was great. I got my copper water bottle. It's been amazing. I got so much energy. (laughs) Yeah, look at you. Got so much energy from that thing. I don't know what it's been all week long. I've been working out every single day. It's been beautiful. Hey, I do think though that whenever we have Andrew on, we got to have, when you make his announcement, we got to have that little music in the background. You know that one that Donald Trump used to play, money, 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 money? That's when we have Andrew on for the cash flow. But anyway, <laughs> I'm doing great. Hopefully everybody's doing well. I just want to say good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. I don't know why my camera's going crazy. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. And Holy Gonzo. cannoli,
1: this man's energy is off the charts. Oh, hey, I freaking I love finish. it.
0: Gonzo, so your hair looks fantastic. That's but all. it does sound like you got to clear your
1: throat. So take a sip of that water, <laughs> yeah. my friend. We kick it to Super G this morning. Gonzo, we're going to be talking about Ripple, but also we got an update on the Ethereum roadmap. Before we dive into how you're feeling, what did you think about the Ethereum roadmap update? And thank you for being here, my friend.
2: Um, I had already kind of done some uh, research Where um, at DEVCON 2022 where, like, the lead developers were on there and Metallic was there. So, I'd kind of seen some of that. It's a nice, good, like, little layout. Uh, we'll see how it goes. We can talk about it later. But yeah, I think the main focus right now is going to be the scalability issue. That's what they're focused on. Uh, and then, like, the Shanghai upgrade that's coming. The sharding upgrade's called EIP 4844. So, we can talk about it later. But yeah, man, good morning, everybody. Super excited to be here. Johnny's energy is just kind of flowing right out of the. Right out of my screen, right into me. So that's awesome, dude. Love exactly, you guys. I love being that news. Ronnie Crypto is the
1: one who actually sent us the 1992 footage. We're going to show you about XRP. Yeah, we got the yeah. cash flow king in the building this morning. So Andrew, thank you for being here, my friend. and How are you feeling today?
3: Hey guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Um, it's going excellent here. I'm so happy that uh, that I'm here, part of this high energy community, this high energy people. It's, it's all amazing. You know, on the other hand, it's autumn here. It's rainy. It's cold. It's windy. But ready for the show.
1: Awesome. And with that being said, we're going to start the show the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is slightly up. We are in moderate fear, sitting at a 33. But I don't think it's worth addressing because we've got some exciting news in the total coin market cap. The market cap is sitting back over $1 trillion at $1.05 trillion this morning. Bitcoin is 39% dominance. Ethereum is about 18%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 20,700. Ethereum, 1,600. XRP is 48 cents. Dogecoin is continuing to climb at 12 cents. Cardano is 40. Cosmos is $15. Algorand up 22% on the seven day, sitting at almost 44 cents flat. And we've got Quant with a healthy correction here, sitting at 155. Johnny Crypto. We have so much good news for today. I forgot to tell our listeners, we're going to show you a connection between Quant Network and Citibank. So what's on your mind, Johnny? And what are some of the things that you're watching before we dive into the news?
0: Well, one of the things I'm excited since you mentioned Quant first is I heard that, um, I think somebody was mentioning the other day that Quant is coming to iTrust Capital. So I'm super excited about that because I'll be able to invest in it through my port- my investment ret- uh, retirement portfolio. But I am looking at Algo and Theta. Those are the two that... Um, you know, well, I will, I want to continue to add that to the bags. Theta, I don't have much of it all. So I do need to start thinking about that. And I, I was I was at one point gonna get FTX, but I think I'm gonna stay away from that one because there's some bad blood going on over there, let me tell you.
1: Well, mute button got me there, but Gonzo, I'd love to get some thoughts from you. Right now we're showing the Bitcoin price chart, and when you talk about when we hit touch this historic trend line, that is always the bottom of the market. So we had a Chinese ban on Bitcoin, then we had the C19 crisis, and now we have the 2022 recession taking us to complete a full 90% correction. I'd love to get some comments from you. What are you thinking about the market overall? We know there was a couple of eclipses this weekend. Do you believe there's market volatility on the way?
2: Yeah, so actually the eclipse is tonight, right, from the November 7th to 8th. So we've all been waiting for that, whether you're in our community or uh, you're in Jordan's community, the Wolfpack. Shout out to the Wolfpack. We've all kind of been waiting for this time frame. And, you know, it's not going to be exact. So uh, I think it's going to be a very interesting week. We have the eclipses, right? We have the uh, the CPI numbers. The inflation numbers are going to come out on Thursday. We have the election tomorrow. So there's a lot of stuff that can cause a lot of volatility. Um, I kind of been just sitting on my hands. I got a little bit of gala, but... If, if you're one of these people that believe in, in Solana and what they're trying to build, they had um, Breakpoint, which is the big event. That's why you had a lot of those um, Solana ecosystem uh, cryptos that were popping off like Render and Arweave and stuff like that. So we're going to talk about what's going on with like SBF and CZ. But um, yeah, you're going to see a price correction in Solana. So it might be a, if, if you're going to invest in Solana, it might be a good time uh, um, to get into it because... Uh, there might be a, a sell-off here coming.
1: Thank you, Gonzo. And we got 198 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Thank you for being here. We promise to make it worth your time. And we're going to start off with 3.1 billion Bitcoin dollars worth of Bitcoin has been added to exchanges in the last 24 hours. That speaks to the volatility that could be incoming, Andrew Cashflow. What are some of the projects that you're watching? And what do you think about this Bitcoin news here? Are you, are you expecting some price action? Um,
3: yes, I, actually I do. Um, uh, what I was watching was also quant, and you know, I'm also myself. I'm a- a- every time I'm astonished or astonished. Uh, I'm surprised about the if you have a strategy where to go in, where to go out, and how to how to add money to your position when it goes down, you are so quickly in a profit, and you can take profits I mean, in a couple of months, I took one hundred percent profits in quant. It, it's it's mind-blowing even i was i was i was buying ethereum just just ethereum going down 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 and and according to the strategy i'm in a profit already and and with many coins we i mean it goes a little bit up and it's going up 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 in in profit so i would highly recommend check it out how how to do that in the here at least with us in the in the academy
1: Johnny Crypto, I think you're going to like this tweet. It says the SEC should says it should be illegal for anybody to buy $1 worth of LBC's token without permission. Meanwhile, in Vegas every day, this is what we got going on. The mindless spending of money. You're more than welcome to go spend your college fund in Vegas. But I'd love to go get some thoughts from you, Johnny, before we get into some news.
0: It's just unbelievable. You can't make this shit up. I'll tell you, it's crazy. That looks but, like
1: a bot. These people look like bots. Look at, it. look at it. That's
0: what they are. Those are bots right there. Look at that. See, that? that that's it. They're, 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 they're solving equations right now. It's ridiculous, Abs. But at the end of the day, the good news is we, are, we know we're in the right place at the right time. That's what's important. The winners now are going to be the people who have one thing, and it's the hardest thing to have. And that right now is patience so hard to have when you're this early thank you johnny and we got 215 live listeners check out this amazing news we're
1: showing you here as sam bankman's political funding has been exposed this weekend showing that of the 40 million dollars he donated over 92 percent went to a democratic campaign so 39.9 million dollars were donated in total 37.7 went to the democratic campaign and when they wrote these articles talking about his donations They wrote him as a non-bipartisan, meaning that he had no affiliation. He wasn't associated with any particular party, even though over 90% of his funds went to the Democrats, Johnny. I'd love to get some of your thoughts before we dive into why Binance is dumping their stablecoin token. This is pretty transparent here, and it speaks to what BitBoy's been arguing for several weeks.
0: Well, how about this? Forget the Sam Bankman-Fried line. line. Add the whole total column up and see what the hell's going on. Look at that. Look at that. 188 to 3. All right, so that goes to tell you the mindset of where the money wants where the money wants. Sorry to work. correct
1: you, Johnny. Here that three million is for the non-bipartisan. The Republicans oh, yeah. received, the Republicans oh, sorry, actually sorry. received more. But
0: just to be clear, oh, yeah. You know what? You're right. I'm sorry. It's Monday morning and I'm still tired. Yeah, that's, okay. that's okay. I got four hours of sleep last night. But <laughs> but apparently, if you look at Frank free beaming, you know where his mind is anyway. You know where he was going. And I was looking at a couple other numbers, a little higher up that list. Look at where the money's going. That's the one you want to be concerned about. And for any of our
1: listeners out there, George Soros is at the top of this list with 100% of his political donations, which was $130 million going strictly to the Democrats. So when you talk about a bias argument here, that's exactly what we're showing you guys. But we're going to dive into our first article for today. As Binance has decided, they will be selling the rest of their FTX tokens holding as Almeida defends the firm's financial conditions. There were rumors about insolvency going around around FTX Almeida, and this is what we're going to dive into now. So Binance's CEO tweeted out on Sunday that he will sell the remaining FTT tokens held on his books that he took as a part of his exit from Almeida, the sister company of FTX. As part of Binance's exit strategy from FTX Equity last year, Binance received roughly $2.1 billion worth of FTT, which is FTX Stablecoin. Due to recent revelations that have come to light, they've decided to liquidate the remaining 2.1 billion tokens, sending this cryptocurrency plummeting. Gonzo, I'd love to get some of your thoughts. We dived into some details before the show, so please just inform our listeners what's actually going on behind the scenes and why are they battling out publicly right now?
2: Yeah, so if you don't know, Alameda Research is kind of like the investment arm of like SBF and FTX, the exchange, right? So back in June, they had come out and said that they had $14.6 billion in assets. Well, there was a document that was leaked to CoinDesk that showed that $8 billion of that was tied up in the FTT token, which is uh, FTX's exchange, right? Exchange token. So uh, that's an issue, right? These are like hints of what happened with Luna, with Celsius and all that other stuff. Because when you look at the total market cap of um, FTT, I believe it's $8 billion, right? I'm sorry, it's $3 billion, right? right? Uh, fully diluted, it's $8.1 billion. Yep. So the numbers don't kind of match up. So you start to see this thing where CZ is like probably like, hey, we're going to be careful because we don't want to see a replica of what happened with Celsius. So they're going to get out. When you look at some of the statistics, uh, top 50 addresses of FTT, right? Um, own 98% of the supply. Wow. So wow. FT So FTX and Alameda own 74.5% of the total supply. Wow! Um, Binance owns 7.4. So you can kind of see where you start to see like this issue, right? Um, And there's a lot of talk. They're still doing the chain analysis on it where um, you can see that the price of Solana has dropped actually more than the price of FTT, which makes sense, right? Because if most of the supply is owned by FTX and Alameda, they're not going to dump that. But the concern is, is that what they will dump is Solana. Now, I'm not spitting FUD. This is all a lot of speculation. They're still doing the on-chain analytics. But the concern is this, is that in order to cover right what's going on with FTX at the exchange, um, that they're going to start dumping Solana to kind of keep up. The same thing that kind of happened with Luna, where they were like selling one to cover the other. It's kind of that same thing. Now, we have to kind of wait to see what happens. But if it's definitely like a FUD situation, um, you could get a major price correction in Solana. And if you want to invest in Solana, uh, that might be the time.
1: And this is interesting, too. We got another quote from their Binance CEO stating that we won't support people who lobby against other industry players behind their backs. And that ties in perfectly to the political donations page that we showed earlier. But, Andrew Cashel, I'd love to get some of your thoughts. What are you thinking about Binance dumping all of FTX stablecoins? That's
3: over $2.1 billion worth. As you know, I like to watch it from a high-level point of view. And if I see that FTT had the top at the 9th of September at $85. If I if I look here, and I, I, I look how much has it dropped already uh, since, uh, let's say, the 3rd of November, it was more than 70%. And now they said, oh, it dropped 15%, but from the top, it only is was down 74%. That's another 3%. Then I think, Guys, what are we talking about? Are we making fud and fuss and, and a lot of a lot of uh, noise, social sentiment? There is something else going on here. Yeah, and, and and there is really something behind the scenes. These two guys, they know each other very good. Cz and, and the other guy. Uh, so to me, this is this is just making making a story for something else. And and it is played out over the yeah over over the yeah the normal investors the like you and me so yep. i would say just look look what it is if you have trust in 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 F, in, uh, in ftx then okay keep investing and uh, if there is a, a connection with solana or not you know there is a totally different connection between uh what was ust and and luna and there is, there is to my idea not, not a comparison between uh, uh ftx and solana but you know um i i have not not, not an account on ftx and but however, I own some FTX. I'm still still in a profit. So uh, let's see what happens, but do yep. not take it too too, yeah. Don't don't get hurt about it. Johnny, you know, we got some interesting yeah. comments. Oops, oh, sorry, Andrew.
2: I uh, uh, no, I was just gonna say, you know, what what it's creating is is basically the environment for a bank run, right? Whether it ends up being true or not, it creates fear, and you got more and more people that are going to the exchange and pulling their funds. And so the one thing that you can't argue is some of the chain analytics. And when they look at it um, on one of their hot wallets, now they could still have more in cold storage. They've gone down from uh, $2.4 billion to $1.8 billion. One of the real interesting things is they only have in that wallet, and they could have more, they only have like $14 million in Ethereum, right? So um, even if it ends up not being true, it's almost like a snowball effect. And the more fear that gets created the more FUD, the more that people go and pull their cryptos off the exchange. Now, SBF has said, hey, we're good. We have enough to cover. Uh, there are some complaints that are starting to roll in that it's taking longer for the transactions, but the transactions are going through. But what used to take a few minutes is now taking a few hours. So it could be one of these like self-fulfilling things where the more people panic, uh, the more that they cause a bank run on FTX.
1: Johnny, I'd love to kick it to you next, but one of the listeners called me out for cutting off Andrew. So I'd like to take this moment to apologize to Andrew Cashflow. I promise you that was unintentional. Much respect, my friend. But I do want to get some comments from Johnny here. Andrew brought up something very important, which is the battle that could be taking place behind the scenes. I believe he's referring to the decentralized versus centralized narrative. And BitBoy has clearly exposed that Sam Bankman-Fried is pro-centralizing crypto. So I'd love to get some of your thoughts, Johnny. What do you think about Andrew Cashflow's comments?
0: Well, first of all, you know, kudos to Andrew. I love the the, the way he's thinking about it because I totally agree with that. Is you got to step up at the the, the, the one thousand foot level and see what's happening there, and something's going on behind the scenes. But for me, this is the problem when you <laughs> you when you have too many people leverage or owning something else. It's very easy to manipulate it, so you you always have to be careful there. But you know, uh, kudos to Bit Boy. I, I, to me, I'm starting to wonder if he like drove this whole thing by calling out SBF right and and kind of showing where his true colors are and i love this battle you know between we need that we need somebody to be fighting for decentralization this is huge this is exactly what you want to see and so i have no pity at all for for, for spf i mean the reality is he chose his side and he's there and that's now he's got to fight his battle for centralization and we got the other side fighting for decentralization so it's going to be a pain you know uh yusko said it best you know we're in the fight you stage. It's going to be a few years. And he said it isn't going to end until 2027. So what the hell year are we in? Wow, we got five years of this going on back and forth, of course. Five years. So get your popcorn ready and your copper water bottles. Let's go. Let's go, Johnny. And we got 284 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that
1: like button. Andrew Cashflow, I am coming to you first on this tweet because we are showing an Elon Musk tweet. And now this is about a year old, but I want to remind our listeners that Elon Musk went out of his way to explain how Bitcoin is centralized. So he said Bitcoin is actually a highly centralized currency with the supermajority controlled by a handful of big mining companies. A single coal mining company in in China flooded, almost killing the miners, and Bitcoin's hash rate dropped 35%. Does that sound like a decentralized currency to you? Andrew Cashflow, what do you think about Elon Musk's statements
3: here? Uh, This is in the same category. I mean, Elon loves Dogecoin. He doesn't love Bitcoin. So he wants all the money into Dogecoin and not in Bitcoin. So you know that's it. And of course you can you can you can uh, throw some numbers and 35% and, and all that kind of stuff. I wouldn't worry so much. I mean Bitcoin is so uh, uh already spread over the globe, there is so in, an enormous amount of money in Bitcoin, also decentralized, and maybe the decentralization goes a little bit up and down, but I do also here I I wouldn't uh um, worry so much about is it decentralized or not next to that diversify your investments yeah don't put all your eggs in one basket because with one hole in the basket all the eggs will drop out so really diversify and and yeah that's what it is
1: Thank you, Andrew. And we're showing our listeners a list of the companies who actually pulled their advertising money after Elon Musk purchased Twitter. And this is a pretty interesting list here. Most of these are car companies, but you'll notice many of them are international. So, General Motors, United Airlines, General Mills, Lamborghini, Volkswagen, Porsche, Bentley, Pfizer, Oreo, and Audi are some of the biggest companies that pulled their advertising money from Twitter after Elon Musk purchased this program. I'd love to get some thoughts from Johnny. Johnny, what do you think about all of these companies deciding they disagree? But I actually want to focus on this. Do you care that any of these companies aren't going to be advertising
0: anymore like Pfizer, Oreo, Volkswagen, and so on? That's the first question. No, I don't give a damn rat's ass. I don't really care. The second question is it makes sense. He's a car company. He's a competitor to all these guys. So, of course, why would you want to feed your competitor? I mean, why would you want to, you know, it makes no sense to put money in their pocket. So the list really isn't surprising. I mean, maybe other than Pfizer and Oreo, <laughs> Oreo, you know, whatever. There's some political beliefs there. But the reality is, no, I don't give a damn rat's ass. In fact, we can keep moving on. Well, let's see if the rest of the crew has anything to say here, but I really
3: don't care. Yeah, you, Johnny, you're absolutely right. They are competitors of each other. So they, they would have done, if, if Elon would have bought another company, they would have done exactly the same. Yes. So- yeah, he's going to have plenty
2: of other people. That, that are going to invest uh, in their advertising, right? And we already know he's going to turn it into a payment system anyways, right?
1: And this is what's <laughs> interesting, Gonzo. It said, uh, one of our listeners, Rhino, said Volkswagen owns all of those car companies except for General Motors. So that makes a lot of sense right there. But it is interesting to see that they're willing to pull their advertising money that quickly. Let's dive into some more optimistic news here because I'm trying to find a tweet showing the roadmap. Give me one second here, Johnny. I just got to find this tweet for our oh, yeah, listeners. I'm looking for a Matic tweet. Here we go.
0: While you're doing that, maybe I'll run a a little ad. We got a little ad over here. Let me actually
1: lead you into it because we have an ups and very, very exciting list of updates for our listeners as Matic is becoming one of the largest solutions on the planet when it comes to payments. They've got got partnerships with Instagram, Reddit, Starbucks, Disney. We've seen the NFL tag to Matic, and now we've got JP Morgan executing trades on their blockchain. Johnny Crypto, with that being said, I'd love to take the time to show our listeners the smartest way to track your crypto, so let that add play.
0: Alrighty then,
1: here we go. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, it's probably because you didn't have an exit plan. The good news is that doesn't need to happen anymore thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. Merlin brings all your coins into one place so you can see all your assets across the different exchanges on one screen. You can see your total portfolio value and more importantly your daily gains losses and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly Merlin lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. Go to MerlinCrypto.com, that's MerlinCrypto.com, and sign up for early access for our free 30-day trial and get on the wait list so you can receive an email when the product is launched this fall. Don't miss out on this new and innovative app, Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. It is the smartest way to track your crypto when you talk about volatility. It's news like this that can move the market as Google Cloud just became a Solana validator. And this could be the beginning of what Mark Yusko has said from day one. They're going to double down on what they can profit on. So Google Cloud announced that it's now running a validator node on the Solana blockchain and it will suit ad features aimed at welcoming Solana developers and node runners. It is planning to bring its blockchain node engine to the Solana chain in early 2023 and this is a fully managed node hosting service run by the provider which already hosts an Ethereum blockchain. We want to make it a one-click stop to run a Solana node in a cost-effective way, and they even want to end up storing people's seed phrases. We can get into that later in the article, Johnny. I'd love to get some thoughts from you. Mark Yusko has continued to talk about how Solana is a chosen currency because the largest players in the market are going to profit when the price goes up. What do you think about this news here? Google Cloud doubling down on Solana.
0: Yeah, you know, this is why I was actually excited this morning when Gonzo was talking about so you know if you want to get into Solana, you know, wait because it might be coming down. I'm actually hoping Gonzo. I hope the hell you're right because I I have not, I haven't I was not a big supporter of, of Solana. I don't really have a big bag of them at all, but I do want to pick some up and I got a little bit. So for me, this would be fantastic for for a pullback right here because I would love to DCA in around this range, not because. You know, primarily, I, I can't say I'm still a big believer in it yet, but I will say that I also, you know, like the look at Andrew, the, I look at things from a higher level, and everybody and their mother is betting on, and I'm talking big money and big players and big connections in Solana to the point where, like, for me, it would just be a fool to not have one, of you know, that horse in my race. So I'll be picking some up. Gonzo, I hope you're right, brother. I'm going to be watching that price chart because if she pulls under 20, 28, 29, I'll be jumping in.
2: Yeah, I think anything below $30, uh, you know, we're going to revisit 28, 27. I think 22 is the absolute bottom unless we get something catastrophic. So I would say anything below $30 is, is probably a good time to start DCAing. But yeah, you know, I agree. Uh, you know, Solana is not without its issues. But, um, you know, with the whole mobile stack that they're building, they have the phone, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to be the ones that create that one application that brings the masses in that you don't even know you're involved in crypto, right? It's that one application that's the tipping point. And I know they're all trying to do it, but um, I feel like they're trying to go after it in a certain kind of way, which is the mobile phone, right? I, I know Vitalik at DevCon that's talked big. a little bit about mobile phones and having an ETH node at some point in the future, like in in, a, in a 2030 or something like that or 2050 or something weird like that. But yeah, I, I do think that's the future. So... Uh, Gonzo, we'll this is...
0: Oh, you know, just to add on here, uh, you know, someone made a comment here. It keeps breaking. I mean, listen, guys, you have to understand something. You know, we're, <laughs> we're in the process of creating Merlin and it breaks too, right? The reality is there's problems all the time and you fix them. The reason why we didn't launch Merlin is because we want to fix it so it doesn't break on people, right? In this case, they chose to launch it and fix it while they find a the break. So that's not a reason, in my opinion, to not buy it. And when you got big guys, now you got Google putting money behind it. I mean just I don't know read the freaking tea leaves I don't know to me it's just one of those things where for me I have to be in it. Johnny and check out this news here Andrew Castle
1: I'd love to go to you first on this first comment because Google actually said they've done a bunch of research on effectively storing people's seed phrases in a way that Google doesn't even have your seed phrase. So you have a partial recovery with the keys between the user and the service provider like Google which can verify your identity. I do not like this idea. I do not like the idea of Google having access to my private keys in any way, even if I have to give them permission. But Andrew Cashflow, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. We're seeing Google Cloud incorporate Solana. We know they've previously worked with Hedera, but what do you think about
3: them potentially storing your seed phrase? You know, I, if I would be a hacker, I would love this. Yeah, and, and I and you can make so much uh, scam in the market with this, and you you you, you copy some uh, some logos of Google in an email and, and other advertisements, and this is fantastic. I mean, the confusion is complete. If if Google or if, if Google or or whatever major company is going to store your crypto, mm, I think I would wait a couple of years, wait for for some major. Uh, scams and, and other yeah, shit what's going on and maybe then, but for now I would say, keep your keys on your ledger, on your treasure uh, on paper There is there are many possibilities stay educated know exactly what you do and keep it in your own hands I mean, we also have the beautiful system like banks they also do beautiful stuff with your money you have no idea and even if you give your 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 signature away you say okay i love the old banking system you know and i want to have that also in the in the crypto in the decentralized because it is decentralized wow buzzword decentralized no
2: you know uh just real quick john i know you're going to say something Uh, and we're in the space so we understand that but if you look at it from their perspective they're they're making moves for the masses right and, and for a lot of when, – when the influx of people come in, a lot of them are, are going to be lazy. They're not going to want to do everything that we do, right? And so that's what the race is, is to find an application that is secure, right, but that the masses will be able to trust, right? Mm. It's just like the internet, online banking, right? When online banking rolled out, everybody was really hesitant, like putting your banking account information on a computer and a log on. And then once people realize that it was safe, then everyone does online banking now, right? Especially after the C word thing, we're on lockdown. And so I'm not not a believer in that. I would be totally hesitant. But we've been in the space for a while, right? And so it's one of those things where, uh, you know, what are the masses going to do, right?
1: Exactly. Johnny, I know you had some closing remarks there, and I want to remind our listeners of this as well because you're going to enjoy this positive news. The renowned NFT creator Beeple has announced that he's creating a 3D immersive NFT on which blockchain, Johnny? That would be our favorite, Solana. It's obviously not our favorite, but
0: he chose Solana, and I'd love to get some remarks from you. That's unbelievable. Yo, so as we're talking about this whole Google thing, it just... I, I- <laughs> It just hit me. It's a new t-shirt slogan. I definitely got to come up with this one. So there's an old Italian mob saying we have, okay? But I'm going to modify it a bit because it's perfect for this. It says, keep your friends close, but keep your keys closer. Ah. (laughs) That's what you want to do, my friends. Keep your friends close. But keep your keys closer. Don't give them to Google. You're spot
1: on, Johnny. And I want to get some quick remarks on this NFT news with Solana. Why do you believe that Beeple, who's the largest creator on the planet, decided to choose Solana? Do you think he's financially incentivized? Or do you think he just agrees this is the best blockchain to launch NFTs?
0: That's a hard thing to say. I mean, I I don't know. I don't I don't know. You know, NFT Solana has been a, a major platform for launching NFTs, primarily because of the fact that when you're using OpenSea, the, the, the Ethereum blockchain was so damn expensive. Sometimes I remember I was paying more for the damn black gas fee than I was for the actual NFT. It was ridiculous, right? And that's why, and Solana was the first one. I don't know if they were the first one, but they were pretty close to a second solution that was a much lower cost. And, I, and I'm wondering if that's kind of what drove the excitement around Solana because it was like, holy shit, I can, you know, my, I remember NFT Tones was telling me like, you could pay much, much less pricing on Solana versus Ethereum. So maybe that's part of it. I don't know, absolutely. I I don't really know, but that's what I'm guessing.
1: Guys, and we're about to show you the video of 1992 XRP being shown to our listeners. But before we get into that, we breezed past this tweet and Gonzo, I'd love to get some comments from you. We've talked about Matic continually on this channel being an Ethereum scaling solution We've got a number of other use cases being outlined right here. They've got a partnership with Meta and Instagram, Reddit, NFTs. Hundreds of games are being built on the blockchain. Starbucks, Stripe, and Disney are partnered. And now we've got JP Morgan facilitating payments cross-border using this blockchain. So the list only continues to grow. And I really do think, not a financial advisor, not financial advice, I really think this could be one of the projects that climbs into that top six or seven during the 2025 bull run. But I'd love to get some quick remarks from you. Then we're going to show that XRP
2: video from
1: 1992.
2: Yeah, this team is just absolutely incredible. Uh, just with all their partnerships and, and the, the way that they do business, um, you can think of, um, and and that's that's just separate from the whole scaling solution, right? Because their tech is top notch too, with zk EVM, right? Rollups, zk rollups. I, I mean, it's insane. Like this thing has been tearing it up. I think it can get up to like a dollar fifty before it kind of rolls over. Uh, the only thing that I wish is I wish I would have gotten more. Right, I have, I have, uh, I have a, a not a significant amount, but but I have. I I was DCAing constantly into it, uh, and then you know I'm waiting it to kind of roll back over and get closer to like a dollar. We'll see what happens with the rest of the market and Bitcoin. But I, I I mean yeah, like Vitalik has come out and said that it's because of the Layer Twos, things like Matic, that the merge was even possible. Um, you could think of, um like Matic being like an afterburner for a rocket and Ethereum is the rocket, right? This thing is just gonna, it's gonna, you're gonna have all the security and decentralization of Ethereum and the transaction speed and all will come through the layer twos. This is gonna continue to build. There are things that we don't even have yet that as as the scaling solutions get more and more advanced, Um, There are things, again, I've said this about the XRPL ledger, right? There are things that haven't even been created yet. As the transaction speeds get faster and they get cheaper, there are new things that are going to get rolled out and Matic is going to be in the forefront of that.
1: And look at these partnerships, Gonzo. I mean, these are the largest companies on the planet. And when you talk about the most influential, they're on this list. We got 301 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. If you're just tuning in, you're tuning in at the right time because we are about to show our listeners the 1992 video of XRP. But, Johnny, we had a great conversation about this this weekend. So before we show our video, give me some quick comments here. One of our listeners said, does this mean XRP is donezo if Matic is X, is being used for cross-border payments when XRP is all about a CBDC solution? Johnny, there's an answer here. We both know it. I'm going to give you the floor.
0: You know, you know, I've been saying all along on the show that I always felt there was going to be, I don't know what's going on in my back here, but there was always going to be you know, some coexistence of a systems here in place. And I really, truly believe that we're going to see that. And so, you know, actually, I'm just grateful. I just want to, again, shout out to Gonzo. Because for Matic, I always kind of thought what a lot of other people thought, that once Ethereum did the merge, Matic wouldn't really need to be needed anymore. And Gonzo explained it, that it's actually an integral part of it. And so, actually, for that reason, I loaded up more on Matic when it dropped. So, Matic, to me, is a great player in this space. And again, if anybody is out there, and our our worry maniacs are smart enough to know that, you don't want to get married to any of these things, and you don't want to think just one of them is going to win. It ain't going to work that way, guys. Sorry. There's not one single technology that's going to run the world. It doesn't work that way. There is going to be a bunch of these different technologies and blockchains, in my opinion, that are going to coexist together and work apps. And, you know, you just have to look at the players in the space and you need to look at what they're pulling in. And JP Morgan, we know, is going towards the side of uh, what the hell was it? Uh, well, Matic and um, oh, God, I forgot the other one. Ethereum? that they about. I'm not sure. No, it was uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, Link, right? We saw yes. it was it was Link, right? Mm-hmm. So there's some, it's just they're pulling in Matic, Matic, and Link Swift's going that way, and then we know that there's a whole nother world of, of quant and XRP. And so, to me, I'm not worried, I really just got to have all horses in the race, and whichever one wins it, I'm going to be happy either way. And it's one of those things where I don't think there's ever going to be a
1: single current. It's exactly like you said, Johnny, there's not going to be one technology connecting the world. There's going to be a series of different ecosystems. And then hopefully a a currency like quant will be able to connect those individual ecosystems to work with one another, but it's going to be a web of payments. Andrew Cashel, I'd love to get some quick remarks on this Matic news, all these great partnerships, all these great use cases, and this project is still yet to climb into the top 10. What do you think of Matic, Andrew?
3: Yeah, actually, I want to react a little bit on what I see in the chat at the moment. People are asking when when is a good time to buy Matic. And then I say, yeah, it's always a good time to buy Matic. It is totally depending on your strategy. If you say I'm a long-term holder, you know, and you say, okay, I will keep it for for maybe uh, 10 years. Okay, you can buy it now because maybe it goes 100x, maybe not. But if I currently look at the chart of Matic, it went up uh, uh, significantly. Uh, the last couple of uh, weeks with 80% I'm not buying when something goes up 80% I wait will it come down I have to sit on my hands and I know it's difficult but then I wait till, till it drops and then I yeah, I, 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 I go in but, but but not earlier so um, yeah depends on your strategy. just think and uh, yeah you know Matic I, I think it's it just, just a good project that, that's my opinion and uh, you know why are we here for? are we here to to be a fan of uh uh real madrid or from from another football club or a crypto coin, this or that and is them against the other no no we are here to make i'm sorry i'm here to make money yeah and and to 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 work on my financial independence and that's why i study the the coins and that's why i try to give some uh, some guidance in uh in when to buy and when to sell
1: Thank you, Andrew. And we got 303 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to show you a video from 1992 showing how XRP was the key to unlocking international access. If you enjoy this video, you can thank my man Johnny Crypto for sending it this morning. But we're going to let this short clip play and get some comments from the group. Here we go. And you're going to see something
2: very interesting.
0: They hack into the Federal Reserve. And right about here, what do you see? Oh, damn. What?
1: So Johnny Crypto, this man has his own thoughts that he puts in after that. But just let the clip speak for itself. We're showing on the screen, international telelink access is unlocked by code XRP-262. What the heck is going on here? This is from 1992. And I want to remind our listeners that the person who created XRP, David Schwartz, actually created his first cryptocurrency patent. In 1988, so four years before this uh, video was released, I'm wondering if those documents have anything to do with that. But Johnny, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts.
0: That's a beautiful thing, right? Oh, we know one thing's for sure: the 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 the, the smart money likes to hide things in plain sight. Hidden right there in plain sight. You just got to have your eyes open. I think I even saw this movie back then, Sneakers. It sounds familiar. But the reality is I definitely didn't pause the screen to look for that in 1992. And nor would I probably have found it today. So kudos to uh, whoever found that out there. But it is just fascinating to see. And who knows? Like It might have just been a you know a director that just picked three different letters. Who knows, right? It could be coincidental. But the reality is probably not. Probably some something here. Something in the messaging. As you said, they've been working on cryptocurrency since the, the late 80s. So no surprise here. It's not inconceivable that XRP was already thought of back then.
2: Dude, it's the Matrix, right? Why are we totally surprised? This is straight up the Matrix. Uh, and so I think it's awesome. Yeah, I, it's actually, I haven't seen that movie in a while. I think it's the one, I don't know if it's with Robert Redford or not, but I think they're a bunch of hackers yes. and they're a company, right? And they get hired to do stuff. Uh, so I'll definitely have to check it out just to verify, right? Always verify. But um, I, I think it's cool. Uh, who knows if it's a coincidence, but it's just another, uh, it's another reinforcement that we're just like, what do you always say, Abs? What do you show always the tell
1: us? and I'll show you the news.
2: Nah, nah. <laughs> what do you tell us every
1: morning? Oh, another day in the matrix, my friends. Yep. Every another morning. beautiful Every day in the yep. matrix, Every yep. day that next yep. comes through. And guys, yep. check out this evidence here because we mentioned how David Schwartz created his first cryptocurrency patent in 1988. He actually worked for the NSA before that. So the film heavily surrounds the topic of cryptography, which is suspicious when you consider it was released just four years after David Schwartz patent with the NSA. What's particularly interesting, quite frankly, is the mind-blowing one scene where hackers get into the Federal Reserve and specifically state that international access is unlocked by XRP. Now, of course, oops, sorry, I clicked out of the thing there. Uh, It says, now, of course at the time of the release, this would have meant that absolutely no viewers, but knowing, ah, let me skip to the part that I'm looking for. So to put this into perspective, there are 17,576 possible three letter combinations. Johnny, this is exactly what you were just talking about. Is this random? Chances are it is not random. There's 17,000 combinations it could be. And they chose XRP for this video. Andrew Cashflow, we're yet to hear from you. What are you thinking about in 1992 XRP unlocking international payments?
3: Yeah, that that's a that's a long time ago, 1992. I mean, uh, that was oh, all. That, that was more or less the the, the start of my uh, of my career. And uh, yeah, you know, is it just a coincidence? Is it not? I don't know. But it is a nice coincidence.
2: You know.
1: it's an exciting coincidence, Andrew. And the, my conspiracy mind goes into this part of it when we all come across Coach JV's channel, Johnny. What does he always talk about? subconscious programming exposing the masses to these things without them consciously being aware of it and then 10 20 30 years from now they actually roll out the product and people say oh i think i've heard of that before this could be a prime example of that subconscious programming but we do have some more xrp news for our listeners here as the lawsuit could be getting resolved very soon johnny is that you sharing your story? yeah
0: just think about it so 1998 this was the cover they were talking about cryptocurrency patents being released and not inconceivable that then in 1992 right Yeah, it's out there. So, uh, you know, guys, just you got to read the writing on the wall. Very interesting, Johnny. And I
1: actually have that poster hanging up in my bedroom. But let's get some interesting news out for our listeners today as the XRP lawsuit could be coming to a resolution in the coming months. And according to Brad Garlinghouse, we're only three to four months away from this court case being over. So Jeremy Hogan put out some historic news this weekend, stating that by March 31st of 2023, we are likely to have a summary judgment from Judge Torres. James K. Phelan shared a similar sentiment, stating that despite the slight shift in events, he continues to stick to his prediction that Judge Torres would decide on the expert motions and summary judgment on or before March 31st, 2023. This ties in perfectly to the timeline that Brad Garlinghouse had stated earlier this year when he predicted that the Ripple vs. SEC lawsuit would be resolved in the first half of 2023 very similar to Jeremy Hogan. He also stated that the lawsuit may be settled in the next three to four months, but Ripple would not be willing to settle unless XRP is recognized as a non-security. Johnny, I'd love to get some comments from you here. We've talked about how November is a key date for this lawsuit. Well, now we've decided that March 31st is the line in the sand for a resolution or a court case. Pretty exciting to get some definitive news here, but I'd like to hear what it means to you. What do you think about the definitive deadlines coming out around the Ripple XRP case?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's probably what was driving now. It becomes more clear what was driving, you know, Brad's comments of why he thought Q1 of next year is when this thing is going to be over. I have no insight, you know, compared to Jeremy Hogan, you know, I've heard there were some dates of this next two weeks. They have to get summary judgment, final documents in. And then from there, the single progress. So obviously between November and and March, it sounds like we're going to finally get to see the end of this thing. Um. Hopefully, we get to see that. This thing, I personally do not believe this thing is going to court. If I'm the SEC, I don't want to go to court. Right. I go to court right. and I lose, I lose all my power. So, I don't think that's going to happen. Abs, I think we'll see a settlement between now and March 31st. Right. If isn't, I was a Batman,
3: isn't there maybe a coincidence? We hear more and more and more about CDBCs, and I'm always, I always have the idea that the Ripple case must be delayed because. The, the, the banks and the elite system is not ready yet for for, for the new uh, uh financial era so and now it is, will be delayed in three years so they had three years to, to yeah to get their shit together and, and that's why I think that the that also the launch of CDBCs you hear it in England China already has it the US is working on it um th- there must be a solution and, and, and the elite and the banks are ready so yeah, more or less spring next year, and maybe they, they delay it a little bit more, but that that's, for me, very suspicious.
1: Gonzo, love, I know you got some comments here as well, but Andrew brought up something great, which is that the Federal Reserve is actually working on their digital dollar completion right now, and this weekend they admitted that blockchain not only improves traditional finance but is going to be necessary to move us into this digital economy. So they asked they they reported that the settlement speed was reduced from 48 hours to 15 seconds using blockchain and it actually reduced the amount of failed settlements as well. So this is clearly an improvement to the financial system and that's the same sentiment that the Federal Reserve shared in these documents. So I'd love to hear some of your thoughts not only about Ripple XRP but what Andrew mentioned we're only a few few months away from a central bank digital
2: currency. Yeah. You know, that would not surprise me at all. The whole timing of everything I've always like leaned into that. uh, It was going to be like spring or March of next year, but the more that time has gone by, the more I've kind of just, it happens when it happens. Right. Um, I I got my XRP back uh, for my Bay trade. So I'm happy about that. I do have a cash position on the side that I'm waiting to deploy for um, uh, a big buy of XRP. So I'll be deploying that depending on how we, how we kind of finish the year. But uh, the way I start looking at it is I start putting my energy into other stuff. I think that, um, you know, it's going to happen when it happens. I think it'll be next year. uh, And then we'll get like the price movement, like Johnny always says. Uh, We'll know that it's resolved because you're going to get a significant price movement, a little bit stronger than what we just recently had. But yeah, I would not be surprised if it all timed out with the rolling out of a CBDC, right? So that um, all you get max hype, um, especially with the macro of what's going on with the economy and the fed and everything like that uh rolling that out out as positive news
1: and I think the biggest thing we can do is just try to understand what this technology really is. They try to sell it to it as cash, but it's not cash because you can't spend it freely. You can actually set time constraints and you can only set your central bank digital currency to purchase certain goods and services. So it really is the beginning of an entirely new form of money. We got 299 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We got Johnny Crypto in the house this morning. So I am very excited for this episode. But this weekend, we got a really interesting update from Vitalik Buterin showing investors what they can anticipate from the the Ethereum roadmap going forward. We've got some major upgrades to announce, but Gonzo, I got to go straight back to you because you are the Ethereum expert in the group. What stuck out to you about this timeline? He stated that all five of these additional completions could be done in the next five years, but it took six years in total to just get the merge completed. What are you anticipating on this timeline? And do you take these things seriously?
2: Um, Yeah, I do. Uh, I I mean, so like these guys just kind of went off their break they're starting to roll back. Uh, it, when you see like Justin Drake, he's the um, head developer. Um, they are focused on the scalability issue, right? That is the that is the biggest thing that they're all coming back. And they're running it parallel, right? There's going to be guys are going to be working on Shanghai, which is the withdrawal or the unlock. But really what it comes down to is the merge was the biggest piece of it, right? And so now it's just a matter of keeping it centralized. I, I mean, decentralized. Um, keeping it super secure. And then it's just working on the data availability, right? That's where all this stuff happens, that that layer of Ethereum. Um, and so the next big thing is EIP 4844, which is going to be sharding, right? And so um, I think they're going to see all hands on deck. When you hear them talk about, they talk about like in the next 10 years, they want to be from 10 transactions per second to 10 million transactions per second, right? Um, so we'll see. I know they have funny names. Um, the biggest one will be, or the next one that we have is going to be the Shanghai, which is where people are going to be able to unlock. So they do have to like do this in a timely manner because other cryptos are going to catch up, right? We've talked about this where Cardano, uh, you know, Ethereum could be its own worst enemy and give Cardano time to kind of catch up to it. You have other layer ones that are rolling out, right? Like Aptos and Sui and stuff like that. Um, So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, They seem pretty confident. Um, There's a big narrative uh, where Ethereum used to be like a network. That was the narrative around it. And these guys are starting to kind of put out a new narrative where Ethereum is um, ultrasound money, right? And they're going away from the network because it's deflationary and there's a whole argument that goes into that. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting.
1: And there's some more interesting news here. We're getting some good compliments. I mean, some good comments on the Ripple Swell conference. Somebody asked, "When is the Ripple Swell conference?" It is November 16th and 17th. They've got some of the largest banking institutions on the planet speaking there. Mastercard, Amazon Web Services, Bank of America employees. The list really does go on and on. So we should get some big announcements coming out around that date. But I want to stick to on this Ethereum news. And Andrew Kashlow, I'm coming to you. We had a good discussion about the Verge, which is actually the next step in Ethereum's roadmap talking about how they'd like to launch what's called Snarked Ethereum. That will greatly improve user anonymity, but still allow users to trace and verify transactions on the network. This would be a major step. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts about the Ethereum. We had a good conversation before the air.
3: Um, Ethereum is just going on. You know, there is so much uh, banking and big institution money in Ethereum. I mean, they won't let it go anymore. And it is just going on and on and on and and you, you know if you see the roadmap with the with the merge and the plurge and the search and the verge and the you know but there is all a lot of uh, uh, very good thinking and uh, you know I, I was also an IT architect in the past there is so much good thinking actually absolutely this 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 roadmap and and I can tell you. It is not so easy to make this and to build this, What what these guys are doing, they, they built on, on an idea and a model what what is actually already very old now it's, it's 10 years old. And and, and and now they have to, have to improve to, to make up to the current standards of today, so I have highly respect for the for the engineers who are working on this on this 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 area. And uh, you know, they will be the layer one crypto. There will be layer two cryptos on top of it, layer three, layer four. And I I can give you a whole lecture about what it is about layer one, two, three, four, but that's the whole stack that will be built in the next couple of years. And in the end, the layer four, that, that is the user interface. The user have no ID anymore. If they are using Solana, Ethereum, XRP, it's just an app. And they are doing their things
1: that's going to be so, historic historic and
3: yeah so there, and is, there, is yeah. Of, there is a lot of stuff going on and uh yeah you know it's just uh, like the, the 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 invention of the combustion engine and later the 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 the, the, uh, the, the cd and the and the, you know the mobile phone and we're just continuing the internet very very nice developments
1: The internet of finance is already underway, my friends, and I wanna bring up this one more update. Johnny, you're gonna laugh about this. We're talking about the Ethereum roadmap well, we've got an update from Flair as well as Flair has announced they're going to be withholding their airdrop token for one more time and stating that it should come out around January 9th of 2023. Do not hold your breath, people, but it, oh
4: would, be my God.
1: it would be exciting if we got it on that date, Johnny K. I got to admit, my I'm not optimistic, but again, I'm going to
0: defer to you. You were correct. You were right. You get props, my friend. Oh, my God. I'm so shocked. Holy cow. Did you just say Flair is not going to launch? No, that can't be possible. But on a more
1: oh. serious note, on a more serious note... What are you anticipating when Flare does get launched? We've got great rumors around the Songbird token, Flare network building huge DeFi applications on the XRPL. It is funny. We we joke about the airdrop, but the real applications are exciting. Do you have any thoughts on that, up
0: I'm anticipating that I might be about 90 years old when you guys actually get to see that thing. So you guys let me know how that goes. But no, on a serious note, I am looking forward to it. I do have uh, some Flare IOUs that I bought. A bit true, and I am looking to... To deploy them someday when they ever launch, but I, I, I'm not holding my breath. I'm not holding, holding, my breath. I actually said this on this show. I believe, and I, I have no idea here, but I do know that Ripple invested, a a company of Ripple invested in a portion of building the Flare uh, network, and so it wouldn't be surprising to me if Flare is literally waiting for the XRP lawsuit to end. That's my guess here but I could be wrong because if they were, then why do they keep changing the announcement? But it would make sense because, you know, you want to have a shit ton of XRP out there and that'll happen when, you know, when the case is over, you're going to see XRP flying everywhere. Right. And so to me, if I were, if I were Flair, I would want to be out there just a little bit ahead of time before the lawsuit ends. So January maybe sounds about right, but I'll tell you one thing, don't hold your breath. (laughs) You might not make it. Andrew Caslow, any comments?
3: Now, yeah, I, th- I think it's pretty reasonable what Johnny says, because if XRP lawsuit is, uh, is, is, is ended somewhere in January and imagine if the major exchanges will list those coins again, it will skyrocket in, in the first couple of weeks. And that gives a lot of money for the developers who wants to develop on Flare and infrastructure. So it totally sounds logical.
1: Gonzo, any quick remarks on Flare? I know that you had a bet with Selman about which would launch first. Clearly, Ethereum won, so kudos to you, bro. But what is it? What are you thinking about this Flare news?
3: By the
0: way, that was the easiest bet ever. I don't know what the hell Selman was thinking. Good job, (laughs) Gonzo.
2: That's hilarious. Um, You know, I'm I'm really intrigued by the technology. Like, you know, we know that most hacks happen during the bridge in bridges, right? And so that's another reason I think why these guys are are taking so long. I think they want to make sure that it's done right. Uh, Their technology is called um, Layer Cake. And so we'll see how it goes because you understand if they roll this thing out and then they have a hack and it's going to get tested, right? These bridges always get tested. If there's something that goes wrong, um, it could really affect the whole ecosystem.
1: Thanks, Gonzo. And we're about to show our listeners a groundbreaking video now. I'm realizing we only got four minutes left. This is the founder of Quant Network, uh, Gilbert Verdi, and I always pronounce his name incorrect, so don't kill me here. But this is an interesting video. He actually brings up Ripple XRP and how they failed their mission with banks. We may have to show this tomorrow to get some comments from the group, but I'd love to let this play. Here we go.
4: ...probability blockchains. So there's ones like Aeon, Polkadot, OneLedger, Icon, Arc, you know, Sidechain, Interledger, Cosmos. All of those are actually another blockchain. And so we're taking this from experience we're taking an enterprise approach to this because what what enterprises need is less risk and, and seamless connectivity for this to work. Right. And if you want to do this at scale, introducing an an overhead on top of another blockchain is not the right way to do it. And it won't scale. Mm-hmm. So one thing that the people... Ready? In, in Ready? Examples, enterprise will change their back end and their systems to connect with you uh, and you know ripple failed to do that very early on and and i think it was 2000 2013 they were doing a trial with westpac which is a bank in, in Australia, yes and and it was one of the early early uh, adoptions of this and and you know ripple came in and said oh we're a blockchain this is what you do and this is how you connect and they had they made westpac um change a lot of their back end for it
1: Johnny, I think you can speak to this better than anyone else in the group with over 25 years of tech experience. What do you think about what he had to say there? He said that banks will not change their whole infrastructure, not for Ripple or any other blockchain. These blockchains need to be compatible with the traditional financial system. That being said, 60 seconds,
0: floor is yours, bro. Been trying to say that from day one. At the end of the day, SWIFT so far embedded in this system It's going to be, I said this a long time ago, you got 11,000 banks using the system. You want them to switch to a new one? No, it's not going to happen. It's going to be a slow migration and there's going to be technologies that are going to have to conform to their system. And, you know, that's why Gilbert, that's why I love my man Gilbert, because he, he knows he's a very, very smart man. He knows what it takes to get technology adopted. He knows he worked in the system. He knows what they're probably willing to accept and not accept. And that's why I'm a big, big lover of quant. And why, frankly, part of me always does worry about XRP, you know, and will it be the the chosen one? I, I don't know. I don't care. I think it will still pump either way at some point. But uh, because of the use cases that they're developing. But, yes, absolutely. Technology is going to be slowly adopted. These systems are not just going to, you know, jump and all 11,000 banks are going to swap. it. He's spot on. I love Gilbert.
1: And I think that's a great place to end it. We got 276 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. And we want to remind you that this Wednesday, we've got our good friend BitBoy Crypto coming back on the show to not only criticize Sam Bankman-Fried, but talk to the XRP Army directly. That being said, go ahead, Johnny oh you said nice i thought you said guys with that being said i want to say thank you to each one of our special guests thank you to johnny thank you to andrew cashflow and thank you to gonzo another amazing episode and we'll see you guys in 23 hours like we always say warriors rise. get your shit together baby thank you for joining us
0: let's go let's go And hey, by the way make sure you're ready because we ready
2: Ha <gülüyor> ha <gülüyor>